All right. Good morning, everyone. I know some of you guys. My name is uh, Brian Dudek. I am a uh, English professor at Middle Tennessee State University. Yeah, I know. Look at that. Anybody goes to MTSU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who'd you take? You graduated? Uh, I just started. Where'd you, who'd you take for English? Oh, no, I didn't. I don't, I don't go there. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I know who that is. <laughs> I'm what's called the lowest ranking faculty member. And so anyone who's ranked higher than me, I know them. But, uh, you know, you don't interact a lot because it's a big division. But I taught some of you in high school. I taught high school for a couple of years at Middle Tennessee Christian School. So I do kind of have some familiar faces here. Uh, apparently, your teacher's with Adam Bryson, right? Yes. So apparently being friends with Bryson means doing his job for him yes. and uh, teaching Sunday school for him week after week. I was supposed to be here last week teaching. Uh, I couldn't, so I had to get a sub for myself. Turns out I have chicken pox. Anybody uh, hear of a thing called chicken pox? So when uh, people my age were little, chicken pox was a, was, was a common thing, right? And so everybody would get chicken pox, and uh, you wanted your kids to get it when they're young, so it's not that bad. And I had chicken pox too. I had it at four years old, and you know, that was what I did. Turns out, if you have chicken pox once, you can get it twice. And like every sequel to every movie that's never as good as the original, chicken pox twice is absolutely torture. <laughs> It's been the worst two weeks of my life, easily. But hey, I'm on the mend, I'm better, I'm out of the house today, I'm excited. And I'm not contagious, by the way. Most of you are probably immunized anyway. So, yeah, so I'll give you a little story there. <laughs> I was gonna give you another quick story too. This is what it's like to be friends with Adam Bryson, okay? Not only do you teach classes with him, this is what it's like to be really good friends with him. One day we took our kids roller skating, right? He took his kids skating, I took mine. We all went roller skating. Am I a good roller skater? No, I'm 40 years old. I haven't done this since I was 15, right? And so I'm skating and this little kid comes up to me and he's like, hey man, you want to race? I was like, I think I do want to race. So I start getting going, right? And I trip and I fall and I just have this big wipeout, right? As I'm laying on the ground, I can hear through the crowd someone laughing. I was like, that's Adam Bryson laughing at me, isn't it? <laughs> I skate over to the side. Does he say, hey man, you okay? Are you okay? No, this is what Adam Bryson says to me. Man, I'm so glad I saw that. <laughs> that's what it's like to be friends with Adam Bryson. All right, so I don't know kind of what Adam's been doing with you guys, so I thought we'd just kind of do a lesson out of the, the book of John. So uh, turn in your Bibles to John... John chapter 2. So, uh, some of you guys have had me for class, and hey, if some of you are coming to MTSU, I teach English and uh, I teach literature in the spring, so if you need a literature class, please take my class. It's a lot of fun. Whenever you teach literature, you always try to establish several things, okay? If any of you guys took me from class, I know you guys have heard me say this a lot. One, Whenever you study literature, you learn a few things. One, there's never been a perfect time in history. There's never been a time, I don't care what anybody tells you, 
There's never been this magical moment in history where everybody's nice to each other, everybody does the right things, and everybody lives these incredibly moral lives. Never has happened, okay? That's the first thing I always try to tell people. The second thing I always try to tell people is this. Whatever you read, listen to, watch, Whatever you see that someone's art, someone's content, someone's writing is always influenced by their lives and what's going on around them, okay? It always is. Anybody ever watch the TV show Seinfeld? You guys watch Seinfeld, right? Yeah. Seinfeld's a great show. Seinfeld was a show that started by a guy named Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, okay? And all the characters in the show are based off of people they know in real life, okay? Kramer is a real neighbor that Larry David had when he lived in New York. <laughs> Elaine is a real ex-girlfriend that Larry David had when uh, he was a comic in New York. George is who? Larry David. Larry David, that's right. Uh, Jason Alexander, the guy that plays George, always tells this awesome story, right? He said, like, in the first season, they're on, like, the third episode. And he goes up to Larry David, and he's like, Larry, I'm really struggling with this character. I don't understand this character. He said, one, the things that happen to this character would never happen to somebody. And two, even if they did, no one would ever react like this. And Larry David looked at him, he's like, what do you mean? That just happened to me last week, and that's exactly how I reacted. <laughs> and George's like, wow. And so if you watch the show, you'll see that a lot of the storylines in the show came from their real lives. And that's how everything works. So the Bible is no different, okay? In the Gospels, we have Gospels written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Who are these guys? Tell me who Matthew is. Jewish tax collector. A Jewish tax collector. That's exactly right. Also named Levi. What's that? Also named Levi. Really? Yeah. Is that true, Elijah? Okay. <laughs> I was looking at Elijah for that. <laughs> if you were in my class two years ago and he was in my class, it went like this too. Is that true, Elijah? <laughs> so he's a Jewish tax collector. That's right. Mark, who's he? He's John Mark. He's John Mark. That's right. Kind of he traveled around with Peter some. That's right. He's like a disciple under Peter, kind of. Yeah, that's right. He helped out Peter and uh, who was traveling with Peter at the time? Barnabas. Barnabas, that's right. So he helped them out. He did a lot of their writings. Uh, John, I'm sorry, Luke was a physician. a physician, right? But what do we also know about Luke? He wrote Acts. He was a Gentile. Super descriptive. And the book of Luke is a big research project, right? Uh -huh. So if you look at Luke chapter 1, he talks about how he's a researcher. He's researching for a guy named Theopolis. <clears throat> and as an English teacher, you're like, wow, this is great. It's an actual real research paper right here where he did a lot of the researching where he went around, interviewed people of the time. And really, the book of Luke is a big research project for a guy named Theopolis. And so finally, this settles us on John. What do we know about John? The disciple that Jesus loved. The disciple Jesus loved, that's right. Best friends, that's right. What else do we know about John? Revelation and the epistles of John. That's right. His mom and Jesus' mom were tight. That's right. They were. They were very tight. What else? He took care of Mary in her old age. Took care of Mary in his old age, that's right. He was the only apostle that wasn't martyred. Yeah. That's right. Was gonna, yeah, he was the only one that wasn't martyred. Have you ever studied like how the apostles died? Really not well. <laughs> no, it didn't end well for anybody, right? He had like his own following, like he had disciples, right? Before he, like before Christ. 
Not sure about that part. You could be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> but John was the only one that wasn't martyred. That's right. So a lot of the apostles were beheaded. I know Peter was hung, was uh, crucified upside down. Um, a lot of them were beheaded. And he was the only one that was spared from, from such a tragic fate. So John is a guy who loves Jesus. And Jesus loves him. And so that's going to come out in his writing. So whenever you kind of look through the Gospels, and this is kind of a real quick part to a bigger thing that we're not even going to discuss. I'm going to drop this bomb and go. Whenever you look through the Gospels, you're going to see that they're all written differently, right? And some of them have different accounts of Jesus' life. And, and, and sometimes the facts are a little bit different in the different Gospels. And you got to remember the reason why that is, is because they're written by different people uh, with different experiences, okay? So when John's writing about Jesus, it's going to come out just a little bit different than the others. You know, he writes about more of a majestic, strong Jesus because he loved Jesus and it shows their kind of relationship. So the other part about whenever you study the Bible, I always think it's important. So you got to understand the person. So we're going to talk about John. You got to understand what was going on at the time. So at the time the Bible was written, what was go who was uh, ruling the land at the time? Caesar. Caesar, that's right. And what, what Caesar over? The Roman Empire. That's right. So he's over the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is ruling the land, right? And they're over Jerusalem, okay? And so at the time, the major religion was paganism. Anybody tell me what paganism is? Heathenism. What's that? Heathenism. It's heathenism, yeah. But what's paganism? Can anybody give me a good definition of paganism? Uh, maybe like God worship. Yeah. Idol worship. That's right. They had a lot of idols. Anybody study Greek mythology in here? I'm an English guy. Read your uh, Homer. What's that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I know I didn't put enough of you guys through, uh, through Homer. Hey, Boyle, I put you through this. Remember we did the Iliad? <laughs> so whenever you're studying Greek mythology, you learn about these gods, right? Because uh, they'd write these books called the Iliad, uh, the Odyssey. Uh, are these kind of striking some familiar terms? And in those books, the authors wrote about these gods. They wrote about Zeus and Hera and Apollo and Athena and all of these great Greek gods. And so the people, what they would do is they'd pray to these gods and they'd say, Hey, uh, God of sun, we haven't had sun in a while. Our crops are dying. Please come and uh, give us some of your sun. And then the sun would come. They'd go, Oh, thank you, God of sun. Thank you so much. So the Greeks were the first people that ever were really a civilization. And so they created these gods, right? And so you have uh, the early roots of paganism. So then when the Roman Empire came, they did the same thing. They took those Greek gods and they kind of modified it to fit their own. And they took those gods and made new gods. You guys ever say the planets? Jupiter, Pluto, uh, Saturn, uh, Neptune, Venus, Mars. Those are all named after Roman gods. And so at the time, it was just like Homer and them. It's just those it different gods. Yes? Reading the Roman gods? Uh, or maybe John too. I don't know. Again, a new commandment write I unto you, put 
which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the light, the true light already shineth. He that saith is in the light, and hath is his brother, is in the darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. Okay, so... At the land, the paganism is the main religion, right? So most people in the Roman government are, are worshiping these gods. That's the, that's the religion of the land. And then there's this tiny group of people called the Jews, right? And, and at the start, the, they didn't get along with the Jews. The pagans and the Jews didn't get along. Here's a little secret to every religion known to man. No religion starts off well. Every religion starts off with intense, intense persecution, okay? Even like the Muslims. The Muslims started off same thing. Allah came down to uh, Muhammad. Muhammad said, hey, guess what? I'm a prophet. And everyone said, what? No, you're not. And they beat him up, sent him out of the city, and he had to get his armies and come back and take the city back. And so the Jews and the pagans didn't get along. They had their war, but everybody's getting along somewhat okay, provided if you're a Jew, you pay a Jewish tax. So these are the two religions that are going on at the time, right? So within that Jewish religion comes uh, Christianity. And so it was this volatile time period where these religions were all trying to get together and were trying to get along. Sound familiar? I'm telling you, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like look at Scientology, for example. That's some weird stuff, isn't it? That's some really weird stuff. Same thing, intense persecution. Not saying it's a good religion, just saying, you know, they, they, they feel the same thing is what I'm saying. So anyway, what I want to look at is John chapter 2, okay? Because I'm trying to get a setting here and kind of give you guys a, a heading on what's kind of going on at the time. Roman government, pagan gods, uh, the Jews and the pagans somewhat get along but not really, and it's kind of starting a volatile mix right here. Can someone read John chapter 2, 13 through 22? Almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men sitting, selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold, he said, "Get out of, get these out of here! How dare you turn my father's house into a market?" His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, What miraculous sign can you show to us to prove your authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will make I will raise it again in three days. The Jews replied, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Good. Thank you. So in John, uh, I, I use the book of John for this story because I feel like he gives a good description of it. But uh, in most accounts of the Gospels, Jesus comes and clears these temples later on in his ministry, right? So the last week that he is alive, he comes back to Jerusalem for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and he comes back and everybody's excited, right? Remember that last week? What do they do when he comes in? Like, what, what things do the, the people do? 
Palms. Yeah, so this is my palm gesture. <laughs> that's right. No, that's good. No, I knew I knew where you're going. I'm in sync. I'm in sync. I may have been off for two months, huh? Hosanna in the highest. That's right. Hosanna in the highest. They're cheering. Hey, this guy's come back. The Savior's come back. They put palms on the ground. He's riding in on a donkey, right? And so the first day he comes back, and everybody's so excited. The second day he goes to these temples, right? Now, what's going on at time is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is a big deal back then, okay? Everybody from around the area has come to Jerusalem for this. It's like the Super Bowl, okay? No, seriously, it's like the Super Bowl. Have anyone ever read any uh, articles about the cities when they host the Super Bowl, what happens? It's chaos. That's right. Hey, Nashville just, uh, just hosted the draft, right? right? What happened when they hosted the draft? Chaos. Oh, it was packed. Chaos? Okay. It was packed. Like Bonnaroo, all the natives leave. All the natives leave? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a native or not, but I watched it on the news. You saw on the news where it was packed downtown, right? Okay, so it's packed downtown. When it's packed downtown, who's happy? No, yes. What's that? Yeah, I just said the people who make the money. That's right. That's right. Every time. Okay, so I used to live in Memphis, and they have the Grizzlies, right? And at the time uh, when I was there, they were building FedEx Forum, and they were just changing all of downtown Memphis, right? And so they had to justify the money they were spending because they're asking for tax money to build the stadium, right? And so one way they justified is like, you don't understand how much money the Grizzlies are bringing us. When the Super Bowl and the draft come to town, hotels get sold out. Restaurants are all of a sudden packed to the gills. Merchandise is being sold. I mean, every business owner in downtown Nashville during the NFL draft is super happy. Now we, you know me, it doesn't help my salary any having all these people here. So for me, it was kind of a bummer. But for if you own, you know, Wendy's downtown, you're pretty happy. If you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of downtown restaurants, but I don't know any. Sp is Spaghetti Works down there? Spaghetti yeah, Factory. Spaghetti Factory. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I was gonna say, actually, that was the one I was going to say. Because <laughs> it's the only one I remember. I, mean, I got kids now. I don't go downtown anymore. Right. But they're super happy because they're making a ton of money. Now imagine a guy goes down there and shuts it down. Imagine someone goes down there and pushes all those people. Because you saw in the news, I mean, you saw the streets were packed with people and they kick them out. Who's unhappy? All those people. Everyone. All those people, that's right. And so back then, they're looking to get this out. And so what you're seeing when you're reading the story is you're seeing Jesus' anger, okay? I always find it interesting whenever you're reading the Bible, like some people want to believe that Jesus was always happy, he was always, you know, pleasant and things like that. And that's not how I read the Bible. Here, I believe Jesus is actually very angry. Does anyone here actually, you know, have anger issues besides me? No? No? Yeah? You do not. <laughs> yeah. I used to uh, teach at this high school in town, right? And so I used to go in these meetings, and there's a guy named Lawrence Goodwin. You guys know Lawrence? Hey, Lawrence. Yeah. All right, you know Lawrence, right? Yes. 
And so I would sit there with Lawrence. I'd say, okay, Lawrence, you got to bring up this, 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 and this. And he's like, why? And I go, because if I do it, I'm going to get mad, and then it's going to go really bad. I said, but you are calm and patient are able to make this happen, right? <laughs> One of the stories I always like to tell is I went to Disney World <laughs> once, right? Anybody ever been to Disney World? Yeah. All right. So I'm in Disney World, right? I've been there three days. Having a great time. It was fun. <laughs> If you, uh, about three years ago. Oh, like what's here? Oh, uh, Christmas. Oh. Well, no, listen, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine, but we go to Disney World, and we go, if you don't know, Disney World, uh, uh, Disney produces Star Wars and Frozen. Just so you know, because it's everywhere, it basically threw up Frozen and Star Wars. So we go to the Star Wars area, it had been day three, right? And the stormtroopers there are trained to be stormtroopers in real life, right? So they're not being nice to you. And they want it to be like that, right? So I couldn't get pictures with the stormtroopers of my kids. And so I was like, okay, I'm a little annoyed, I'm a little annoyed. Then we go into the Star Wars area, and the sand people from Star Wars 1 are there. And they wouldn't take pictures of my kids. And I just pretty much had enough. I was tired, I had blisters on my feet, and now you're not going to take pictures of my kids? So I start yelling at the sand people from Star Wars 1. <laughs> and my wife starts getting really embarrassed. And she's like, we got to leave, we got to leave. I said, fine. So I start walking through a door, and, this, and the Disney people are like, no, 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 sir, you can't go through that door. And I said, oh, yeah? <laughs> and I start yelling at him from the door that I'll go out any door I want, and I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to go home. It was a bad moment. Disney World had beaten me, okay? It's easily something I struggle with, all right? But when you read this account, you read Jesus upset, okay? He gets upset. Now, does he sin in his anger? No. No. What, what, but what does he do? What, what are the actions that he took while he was in there? He cracked the whip at him and... Table. Cracking a whip? That's pretty serious. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was righteous anger. It was it was because they were defiling his God's house. What is righteous anger, though? Yeah. That. So that's a great question. What is righteous anger? It's when, I mean, for me, it's just when I, you just get real riled up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when someone just really disrespects the word or, yeah. I don't want to say your God because sure. we have the real God. But of course. God, I mean. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a, it's people that ought to know better. Mm -hmm. Essentially, that's the the real yeah. problem. Is that th the fact that that's even being allowed to happen is indicative of the national sin of the time. Okay, so let's talk about that. What was happening in that temple? Well, what's happening in the temple when Jesus comes in there? They're selling yeah, they're, they're what? Selling sacrifices for sacrifice that people were supposed to be bringing themselves. Uh huh. That's right. That's exactly right. That's a really good... I love that. That's exactly right. Of the animals they're selling, do you remember what they mentioned of the animals they sold? Cattle. Cattle. Pigeons. Pigeons. Okay, there we go. Doves. Why do you think Jesus was mad about the doves? Because those were supposed to be for the poor people who didn't have money to make a proper money. They were up That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So they're cheating poor people, right? Is there anything worse than cheating a poor person? Not much. No. 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 It, it, it's pretty bad, right? Whenever, if you ever become a teacher, 
you'll see the thing that makes you the maddest is when people are picking on kids that can't defend themselves, right? That'll make you mad, okay? And Jesus is using his anger to stick up for the poor people. That's one aspect of it, exactly. That's right. What, what else is going on there? So they're cheating the poor people. What else? It's a prophecy. What's that? It does fill prophecy. You know which one? Yeah, that's a, in the Psalms, actually. Okay, which one? Uh, you remember? I'd have to look and see. She was my study buddy. Yeah, I'd have to see. The, the I know, my, my uh, expert research on Wikipedia this morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you read it? Let's see what time it is here. 10.05, doing good on time. Doing good on time. I know, making you work for it. Seal in your house, for zeal, for zeal, for your house, consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. Good, good. No, that's exactly right. So he's going in there, sticking up for poor people. He's fulfilling prophecy. Uh, wasn't there, there's gambling going on there too, wasn't there? No, buddy, Money changing, that's right. I think if I remember right, through, through studying this, I think they were doing a lot of skimming off the top too. Yeah. Just every bad thing was happening and he got angry and yet he didn't sin. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Um, anybody here have good strategies for dealing with anger when you're mad at someone? Because this is where I really struggle. Because I get past it, I, I just get mad and then I just blow up and then it just goes bad, right? What do you got? Um, I, like, if I get, if I feel that, like, rage coming up, uh -huh. I just immediately ask myself why, what, what, what's creating this reaction? Because most often it's totally irrational. Uh-huh. It's not right to zinger. Yeah. And I have to... It's it's most often uh, related to control and my issues with that, and if I feel that I'm losing it, mm -hmm. although I don't have it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So and then I think, okay, you can't you can only <laughs> control yourself. So in this moment, right? Bring it down. Good. No, that's good. It's a little self uh, self uh, soothing right there. Yeah. Um, like sometimes, like in person, so I I can do this mentally, but especially if it's like somebody I'm like tempted to get to stay mad at like later on I'll yeah. just try to pray for them yeah and like mm -hmm. just ask God like help me forgive them help me forgive them because it's like that's to me like the, the toughest part just like releasing that um, so just praying for them specifically because it's like it's kind of hard to be mad at somebody you're praying for so yeah it's very hard it takes a very mature person to be able to do that that's exactly right I wish I could tell you I have great ability to do that it's easily my biggest struggle uh, my, uh, if you, you know, we always talk about in my family the Mickles grudge. You know, my mom's the Mickles side, the Mickles grudge, right? Like, I, I've told you guys this a hundred times. I, it's, I've got a list of people, <laughs> and the people never change, and that's not a good thing. It's not healthy, right? And so, something I'm trying to work through too. It, it's a hard concept to, to, to go through. So, good. Th that's really good. So, kind of what I'm trying to show is that one, I want to show that Jesus got mad, he didn't sin, and he really did a good thing even though he was angry, okay? The other part I'm trying to show is how 
he ended up being crucified, right? So already everybody's upset because he's claiming to be the son of God. The pagans are looking at Christianity and they're like, oh, this is a weird religion. You eat flesh, you drink blood. I don't get this religion. It's odd. Christianity was in secret. They like to worship in secret and meet in secret where paganism is out and about and it's a very public religion. And so already that's kind of going on. But then when Jesus comes and stops the money flow, he comes into Jerusalem and he stops the big event, right? Like if you ever meet people in sales, they talk about their big uh, event they have every year that makes their year. Anybody ever watch the show The Office? <laughs> Remember when Jim, he's got his uh, sale that he's trying to make, and if he makes that, he makes his uh, quota for the year, and Dwight keeps messing with him and he can't get the sale? That's a big thing, you know? And so he took that away from them through his righteous act and angered them a lot, right? So, you know, I did this study in the, in the class over there. We did this for six months. And so basically what I'm trying to show is a little glimpse as to one of the reasons why Jesus ended up being uh, killed, you know? There was a multitude of reasons, but one of them was definitely his him stopping the money flow and, and stopping this temple, you know? So, what do we got? Where are we at? Five minutes? Mm, where are we going from here? Anybody have a good strategy is to, uh, this is always interesting. My, my parents, I was talking to them last night, right? <laughs> this is so weird. I was talking about one of my best friends from college who uh, was a, is one of the lead doctors in the Air Force, right? He's an eye surgeon. And so anytime uh, an IED blows up a soldier and blows up their face, he actually puts together their eyeball, right? And so I'm talking to my parents, and I don't know, I can't remember why I did this, I talked about when I beat him up once. <laughs> they're like, you fought your best friend? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, I think I fought most of my friends at one point. And they were like, well, how did you get past it? And so that's kind of what we're talking about now, because here's the thing, you guys are in college, right? And this is what I told them. I said, listen, when I was in college, I did everything with my friends, right? We went to the cafeteria together, we ate every lunch together, we lived in the dorms together, we hung out with each other on the weekends and at nights and double dates and things like that. I mean, eventually, especially with guys, a bare knuckle brawl breaks out, right? Right? Carson, I saw you fight a Marine once. <laughs> it just breaks out. And they said, how did you deal with it? So when you guys are quarreling with your friends, how do you get past it? Who's got a good one? You just gotta talk about it. You gotta talk about it. You gotta it. sit, be real diligent with your speech and slow yeah. speak. Uh-huh. Lots of deep breaths. Mm -hmm. My brother and I have a rule that we don't let the sun go down on our anger. Really? We resolve it before we go to sleep that night. And it's very rare that we've ever broken it. Are you good at that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to be great to be married, man. <laughs> Are you engaged yet? No. <laughs> no? Because I'll be honest, married people, if you can can if you can conquer that, when you say you'll have a happy marriage, when you say, if you can honestly put the anger away before you go to bed at night, you'll have a good marriage. Tell me that. Anybody else? Along with that, like, this is maybe, like, specific, but... Um, like asking for forgiveness instead of saying like I'm sorry mm -hmm. and like uh, something where it's like really like 
like you're you're humbling yourself in a sense to say like I like I need something from you basically. It's like um, and just like asking for forgiveness regardless of like if you are the only uh, culprit or not. Like almost every quarrel is like a two way thing, and so it's like uh-huh. you ask for forgiveness for what you can, yeah, honestly, and then like let the other person respond however they will. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. It can be anything, <laughs> it can be anything man. Don't, don't expect an apology back. A lot of times yeah. that's what motivates our apology. But it ain't about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. I once uh, did that. I tried that, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it didn't come back, I was like, well, what do I do yeah, now? Still Grudge still on. <laughs> it's, not also, like, it's not up to us to give the other person like their justice. Like, yeah. It's not up to us to like see the punishment fall through for their wrongs. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's really good. Vengeance is mine, thus I mean, I can honestly say, so kind of to wrap it up, in the example I just gave you of my, my best friend, and he is my best friend. I love him. He is a surgeon in the military. I think I had you call him, didn't I? Yeah. And I admit, I told my parents about the story because I won that fight. <laughs> I don't tell them the ones where I lose. But um, they said, how'd you get over it? And I said, well, we had an eight-hour car ride the next day. And so really within the first hour, it was just like, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And by sharing your feelings and really kind of getting it out, we were able to smooth it over. We were able to be best friends still. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things that's a very important thing if you guys can really get good at now, as you get older, it'll only benefit you more. I promise you. If you can let the anger don't go down, I promise you, someday when you're married, that helps a ton. So, I hope that lesson made sense. Yeah. It's hard to just come in and just do one and go, you know? So. It's important to know that Jesus, Jesus didn't care how they felt. No, that's true. And I think... Often, I know for me, I, I'm reluctant to speak up mm-hmm. because you don't want to, you know, you just care what they think, yeah. period, whatever it may be, and you, you know, concoct all these crazy ideas of what they think of you, and just didn't care. Mm-mm. He's just like, no, I'm right. Yeah. And if you keep, if you follow through with that righteous anger, you will feel justified as well. Yeah. And, and it may lead to some bad times at times, but, uh, yeah. So how do we end this thing? How does this usually end? Uh, prayer? prayer? Yeah? Do we take prayer requests, or what do we do? Yeah, I just do one? Prayer requests at the beginning. So. Yeah? <laughs> Has Adam even taught this class yet, or is he just subbing out the whole time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't even know who Adam is. You don't even know who he is. <laughs> keep talking about this guy. I don't know. Is he still in Alaska? He's, uh, where is he? He's at Lake House now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I wreck roller skating, and all I can hear is his laugh cutting through the roller skating rink. All right, so let's, uh, let's pray. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and uh, to uh, teach these great group of uh, young adults. Lord, I just pray that the things we talked about uh, impact their lives and help them in some way. I pray that uh, you be with them as they forge their friendships with their friends and potential mates. And uh, please help them to always uh, you know, remember you in those relationships and those situations, Lord. 
I just pray that you uh, watch over them, watch over us all today, and bless us with a wonderful day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It was really good getting to know you guys. Is this fun? Any of you at MTSU? Or Lipscomb. Anybody here going to Lipscomb? Uh, you want Deva in English? I got that. I got one of those days.